It's the Nightcap on 1140 The Bet. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Here's your host, Lindsey Brown. All right. Welcome back to another edition of the Nightcap. It is the 23rd of January. It's about ah, almost 530 p.m. Just watching the good old divisional football around here, but we are here to talk about some hockey things. And I am your host always and forever. Lindsey Brown is my name still, as far as I know. And joining me as he always does these days is one Mr. Dominic Lavoie. Dominic, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be back and just talk about some hockey, you know? Yeah, love that. Let's make sure we're talking to the mic as much yeah. as possible. <laughs> I don't know why the mic picks up my voice so much better than yours, but we're working on projecting. We're working on on the things that we can control. And uh, it's important because the Golden Knights have quite a slate ahead of them this week, Dominic. It's what I like to call uh, a murderer's row of sorts in terms of what they have on their schedule as they head on the road tomorrow night on the 24th. They'll be facing against the Washington Capitals and will go on the second half of the back-to-back, go to the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday, face the Panthers on Thursday, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. Three of those teams can be made a case for being uh, top five teams in the NHL right now. And luckily, the Golden Knights were able to uh, win their last home game in overtime the other night, but they haven't exactly been playing their best hockey as of late either. No, and I mean, with the Golden Knights, like I'm super, I guess, pessimistic with my takes, but it just kind of seems like the trend nowadays with the Golden Knights. They just never really play their best hockey Mm-hmm. And just because looking at the team on paper, even when they're kind of banged up and you're missing Max Pacioretty and Nick Haig and some of those guys, it's still a pretty solid team. You should be kind of beating more of these teams more handedly or, you know, like winning more games consistently or playing better on the ice and having a better on ice product. But sure. it's just kind of disappointing. A lot. Which is weird because if you look at the standings right now, Dominic, they are at the top of the Pacific which Division, is which is like it truly is the the kind of luxury that we have here because we the this fan base has obviously never truly experienced what it's like to have a shitty hockey team yeah. in their town. Um, it, trust me, it will come around. It just won't come around very anytime soon because we're seeing a little bit of a depreciation from the state of play in the Pacific Division. We actually talked about it uh, more at length. On Friday's playmakers of just where everybody is heading in the Pacific Division, which is mostly in a in a negative direction. Uh, Vegas, as I just said, won their most recent game at home, but they did not have the most successful home stand. They dropped games to the Pittsburgh Penguins, to the Toronto Maple Leafs, to the Blackhawks. You can't be dropping that game. I mean, you understand the emotional baggage that yeah. comes with it. But when you have teams like the Nashville Predators that are playing so well, Winnipeg Jets that are trying to claw their way back in that central division, like you, I understand when you can lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins, which are one of the hotter teams in the NHL right now, but you got to pick up the pieces uh, against the opponents that you can, especially when you have teams like the San Jose Sharks that are also going to be playing through most of the same opponents that we are over the next week, week and a half. The Kings are on the road for 10 of their next 11 games, and they're not playing super well. They've lost three in a row themselves. At least this is my research that I did on Friday. Maybe things have changed since then. Uh, but the Flames have not been playing super well either. They're five of the next seven are on the road. The Ducks are on the eight of their next 10 on the road. And so there's a huge opportunity for the Knights to kind of step up and to, first of all, uh, put some more space and time between them and their opponents in their division. And then second of all, 
get a little pep in your step because what do wins do against the Capitals, against the Hurricanes, against the Panthers, against the Lightning? What does that do to your confidence in your lineup if you're able to secure them on the road uh, at this juncture of the season? I think it's a huge trampoline uh, opportunity for this team. Yeah, you know, but like you said, these are some of the teams that are are the best in the league right now. Mm -hmm. And if you can get those wins on the road in another person's building, you know, winning on the road in any league is tough, especially the NHL, playing against a top five team. And especially with kind of like how odd their performance has been as of late and how banged up they are, if they can get those wins, mm. that'll be huge for the team's confidence. That'll it's be a big huge spoon of sugar up. to help the medicine go down. You can definitely 100%. say that, Mary Poppins. We are huge fans. And that's why we'll start with the Capitals in terms of like giving a little bit of a preview of what these opponents are and what has led them to all the success that they've achieved so far this season. Uh, the Capitals are kind of a, a middling team and they're a little bit of an enigma for us to do uh, our, our are from the long view research because there's been so much COVID interruption with their lineup and they're just 23, 10 and nine, which is a very respectable record, but just fourth in the Metro. And we have to remember this is a team that's been towards the tops of this division for several years now, including mm-hmm. uh, their championship run just a few years ago. Uh, but the teams that have ascended, like say the New York Rangers, perhaps that are starting to make some noise. I mean, Ryan Reeves said Testament or testified to that fact saying we're a contender. We're for real. And they're at the top of that division. Well, who is, is the most toppled from that ascension, probably the Washington Capitals. What do you think about the Rangers and just like how that has switched and how quickly that has switched in this division? Well, I mean, when you look at the Rangers' recent success, it's all really come since the um, COVID break and the Mm. end of the holidays. So it's really been kind of like a quick little surge. And I mean, right right now, I kind of take it with a grain of salt because those things happen. I mean, obviously, this happened twice to Philadelphia, but they've lost 10 in a row. Right, twice already. And, you know, sometimes teams get hot. Sometimes teams go cold. And right now, I'm not going to really put too much to the Rangers getting hot all of a sudden. I'll kind of – I'll give them more merit if they stay hot past the All-Star break and they start really making a push. Yeah, for sure. But Yeah, but you you got to admit, when they want – they beat Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay on New Year's Eve and then two days Mm -hmm. later beat Tampa Bay at home. Like, that's probably the biggest vibe. That's right out of the COVID break, like you said. And that's two games where you're just like, well, this is a huge rubber match. Like, this is a huge measuring stick for how things are going. They beat up on the Oilers and, and take advantage of that. They lose to the, to the Golden Knights. But then they secure wins against the Ducks as well as the San Jose Sharks. And obviously the Flyers are uh, very <laughs> hapless right now. And so they, they've been able to score goals. And they've been able to keep up with some of the best offenses in this league. And so it's very dependent. I'm like, well, who's their goaltender that's showing up? Because when they got beat by the Golden Knights, Gorgiev had an awful game for mm-hmm. the most part. And Shesterkin's been in and out because of uh, – Injury because of COVID. I'm sure they got Panarin back by now. Uh, but the but the Capitals are certainly in many ways almost like a, becoming a, a stepchild in, in that division. Just as you see some of these younger, talented teams that have been in a rebuild for a little bit longer, at least the last couple of years, are finally starting to put two and two together. And so when you have a team that was scoring so many goals on the 5v5 uh, part of their game to start the season, but then it's dried up so much as of late – pair that with a struggling power play. Like, is there anything that's more synonymous than, with the Washington Capitals than Alexander Ovechkin one-timer from the left face-off dot, like, on the power play? Mm-hmm. If that's not there, like, it's one thing to have a, an identity cri- crisis. It's another thing to have an identity crisis of conscience. Like, it's, yeah. it's a multi-layered type of thing, and so they really need to get back to what they do the best. And with that, it comes with guys getting back in the lineup and not just where Backstrom, oh, he's here now. Well, now we got to get him feeling comfortable again. We got to make mm-hmm. sure that he's thinking the game at the rate that he needs to, that he's feeling comfortable. 
And obviously, the more and more pieces around him that he recognizes, uh, the easier that will become for him. Because it seems like every two weeks, at least for me, when I do pay attention to the Washington Capitals, it's just like, oh, TJ Oshie's out for whatever yeah. reason. And just that alone, him as a player, he offers so much to that team. Five v five power play, PK, all that stuff. But he is the de facto emotional leader of that squad. I don't, I don't care what anybody says about Tom Wilson or whatever. Positive energy always wins out. And TJ Oshie, Minnesota product. We know how to produce those teammates, Dominic. Oh shoot, that was. No, oh, you're pretty. good. Let's go to the let's go to the Hurricanes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Hurricanes are next on that schedule again. They're going to be on that second half of the back to back. So hopefully, hopefully the Washington Capitals don't uh, mash the legs too much because the Carolina Hurricanes are pretty much one of the the textbook definition of disciplined hockey in this league. I mean, you could say that they're basically a little brother version of the Tampa Bay Lightning, but it's just because of more of the primal hockey mindset where I forecheck the hell out of you. Mm -hmm. I go all the way to my marks. I make you beat me the old-fashioned way, which is with your physicality, which is with your feet, which is with your body leverage. And who's going to blink? Who's going to make the mistake first? And so the Carolina Hurricanes are a team that generates almost all of their offense off of the forecheck. They are so dependent on generating rebounds and creating chaos in front of that net. We all know that they love to feed Jacob Slavin up at the top. Uh, of the, that top left D and what they do, they do in bunches. When, they, when they're when they winning, they're winning games. And when they're losing, they're losing games. And they've been winning a few more uh, as of late. Uh, again, Rod the Bod, Rod Brindamore, he is their essence. He is their uh, de facto emotional leader on that team. And they have some very formidable players that know how to score goals, but also know how to play the right way. I mean, you know, Niederreiter probably gets it started for them on the four check first and foremost. But we know about Sebastian Ajo on the power mm-hmm. play. We know about... Um, who's the Alexi, uh, who's, he's a brother too. Who's their, who's their other big guy who, had, who got hurt late in the playoffs last year? Svechnikov. Yeah. 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 Andre Svechnikov. Yeah, I think he he's super nasty. I think he's one of the be- best younger talents in this league. That's, uh, already taken a step, but I think has way more in him. Uh, power play is more set to score on the flanks than it is to be generated from the point. But if you think about that, if, that means the, the shots are coming from the point, but the finishing, the finishing is coming from the flank areas. This is a team that already beat the Golden Knights earlier this season, four to two. It wasn't really that close, if I remember that game correctly. And uh, a team that's playing incredibly well from the net front out. I mean, Freddie Anderson has been one of the, the better stories of the year after basically losing his job to Jack Campbell last year in Toronto. And he was dealing with some injury stuff and Jack played obviously incredible and you know, Freddie has to go somewhere and he plays super well and it's great to see. But other than that, they've had to deal with so many different goalie changes. They had to call up this is the Jack LaFontaine. He was the gopher goalie that they uh, basically signed from right off of the gopher team two weeks ago. Really? Yeah, because they were having such trouble keeping guys healthier on the COVID list and stuff. And so uh, is it the netminder? Is it the uh, is it the defensive corpse, which is obviously incredibly deep? You have Jacob Slavin with, with Tony D'Angelo, Brady Shea, uh, Brett Pesky, and then you have Brendan Smith, Riley Smith's little brother, and Ian Cole. Like, that's as good as t- top six as anybody in this league. And uh, and we've already talked about the identity of this club from its top to bottom of its forward groups. They have skill, they have the dedication, and they have the discipline. They want to play for Rod the Bod, and they want to win. And they're still vibing from that surprise mm-hmm. run they made to the Eastern Conference Final. That, we can't discount how there is a progression to their narrative as a team as they build their way up. But 
same can be said about the Florida Panthers, Dominic, because the Florida Panthers are the best team in this league. They are scoring pretty much at will. Uh, again, they are an incredibly, incredibly disciplined team, but in a way where they're disciplined to their identity. They create off the rush more than anybody. And it's interesting when you have like players like Alexander Barkov, who are a Selkie trophy candidate, and you always think, well, if they're a two-way player, they can't be thinking about that much on the rush because they have to be responsible. No, he's just willing to play with that level of discipline and has the line mates that help support his level of play uh, that they don't have to worry about it as much. And when you spend so much time in the offensive zone like the uh, Florida Panthers do, it's just you run out of time. You run out of uh, minutes where you have chances to even the score. And just from top to bottom, they're so freaking deep. They're the second best at making zone entries with control. That means that they're commanding the respect of their opponents as they're coming through the neutral zone, that they're giving them that time and space to create. And you know who's some of the best players you have creating chances off the rush? We're talking Anthony Duclair, mm-hmm. who you and I talk about all the time as one of the most underrated players in this My league, guy. as your guy. Uh, Marchment Ver Verhage. I forget how you spell or how you say his name, but I apologize. But he's their top guy or their top left wing, um, and they're so good at creating off the faceoff too, which I've noticed has been a big time struggle for the Knights. I mean, the Knights themselves have scored a few goals off the faceoff, but they have been taken advantage of several times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just the question of, well, are you ready? There's a difference between ready and being on. And then sometimes it's just somebody makes an unbelievable play. And they have great defensemen on this team in addition to their very, very stocked forward group. And a lot of their success on the defensive side comes from Eric Ekblad, number one overall pick years ago. He's finally kind of taken a step where it was almost kind of a question if he was a boomer or a bust for a while because we expect so much from our number one overall picks that we just assume that they're going to make the league and Mm -hmm. be totally fine defensemen when that's not the case at all. But he has so much to do with how well that they've been able to ascend and honestly, were my pick to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round last year in the playoffs. I obviously was mistaken, and people <laughs> have, uh, have have given me shit since then. But what this team is 28-8-5, which is 61 points. It's first in the NHL, which is technically tied with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, again, they create so well off the rush, and they stay in that offensive zone. Barkoff and Sam Bennett are your top two centermen. They're your quarterbacks. They're the ones that are getting back in those plays and making those smart decisions so they're not just scoring, but how are you scoring? Why are you? How are you able to be so efficient? How are you attacking? Uh, I know that Barkov down towards the goal line from like the, the face-off dot to the goal line is just nasty. That's an area that a lot of people don't necessarily take advantage of because you're either trying to get yourself ready to go into the boards physically with one, someone else or you're trying to create space to be like, I want to be in front in the slot versus having a more extreme angle down there. David Prawn did the same thing mm-hmm. on the power play. That's where it's like you have to be a very specific, highly skilled person, and you have to be very responsible because technically that would be no man's land if you were playing tennis because yeah. you're really not you're not really fully forechecking, but you're not really a, a a threat, and then you're also not in a back in a defensive position, and so you have to be very careful about which situations that you're stepping down into that. But Barkov does it better than anyone. He has some of the best awareness in the league, and that's why he was uh, I think he won his first Selkie last year. In terms of who you're looking at uh, of generating shots, the Ryan Lombergs of the world, who you told me is a, about his fourth line grinder as as one could have. Mm-hmm. But again, he is finding ways to create production on his level. Tippett's kid, 
Uh, Elder Tippett, coach of the Edmonton Oilers, not having the best of times, <laughs> but Son is having a hell of a time because you know what? He knows how to create shots in 5v5 as well. Uh, up and down their lineup, they have threats, and they have guys that are willing to work, that are willing to pay the price, and that have speed. And so I, I think the Panthers game is probably going to be the best opponent that the Golden Knights have faced so far this year, even though they have seen the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightning so far. Uh, but we all know that you're it's whatever you've done for me lately, and they are the team that is running the best as of late, even though the Lightning are tied with them technically for the best record in the league 28 20 and 5 or at least I should say best points percentage in the league and as we mentioned they're almost big brother hockey to the Carolina Hurricanes if you watch any of the like road to the Stanley Cup or anything on I think it's Amazon Prime and John Cooper I mean it was gonna be such an easy scout for the Olympic team because of just of how much footage of him in the locker room we've seen in the last couple Mm -hmm. years because they've been following those deep playoff runs and he goes you're committed to the process. You out-discipline them. Be boring. Be predictable. Be all these things because we think that you need to be shiny and fast and 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 have like these flashy offenses. But sometimes it's just saying, "Are you willing to do this as long as I am?" Because last time I checked, the tortoise wins the race. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I I think that's kind of the mentality that they have is that you don't necessarily jump on all the opportunities that are presented in front of you, but make sure that the ones that you do you've earned and trust your judgment on it like that's I really think where the Golden Knights need to take their next step is being a little more selective of when they're stepping up in the play be that on an individual level like Alex Petrangelo who is one of the best defensemen of getting the puck out of the zone by getting the getting the zone exits going but when you're playing 30 minutes a night and Mm -hmm. you see at least one or two turnovers coming from him at the at our defensive blue line with nobody back I'm like well is it worth it to have him skate up this often because if we minimize that, does that mean that these turnovers also get minimized a little bit too? Because once you make that little bit of adjustment, well, maybe that that gap doesn't look nearly as juicy as I thought it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's how you can kind of start chipping away at, at bad habits or chipping into them if you're so heavily reliant on one particular skill set or one particular person in the lineup just based off of how things are going for you. Maybe that's kind of what Washington's had to deal with. You're like, oh. The only thing that we we can count on for sure is OV on the power play. Mm-hmm. Well, now that that's dried up, where's everything else? Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Neither do we. They're Neither, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're, that's, that's, that's a true question, right? That's uh, that's what they're paying the people the big bucks to find out. And just to remind everyone, they are going to ha- get people back on this road trip. There's rumors, or at least we saw Patch Reddy skating last week. They think that he's going to probably play or get back in the lineup at some point. Uh, of this road trip, Alec Martinez will be making the trip as well. He was in a full go, full contact jersey, but then he was put in that COVID protocol uh, with Mark Stone the other day. And then Jack Eichel will be joining the team as well. Uh, I'm sure he'll be practicing. Obviously, won't be playing in any games. Going to make sure we get the bonding, that skin-to-skin contact, make sure everybody knows who their friends are and where they sit in the locker room and all that other crap. But it's just uh, it's it's a big time in the the season schedule because we just got a lot of those games in terms of makeups. Uh, we got news of all those reschedules in the month of February, and as we know, the All Star game is just here in just a couple of weeks here in Vegas, and so that's right around the time when you start figuring out well who who's for real and who's for fake and who's buyer buying and who's selling, and. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Dominic, you're like, I don't feel very confident. I don't feel like they're playing well. Well, the Golden Knights are in first place. So it's yeah. always like that weird spot where you think that you're not doing that well, but actually you've built up a, a decent amount. 
as we previewed earlier uh, in this episode, it's not like the Pacific Division foes that we're uh, quarreling with the most often have been playing well as of late. And so it's a big opportunity the Golden Knights have in front of them uh, against the best opponents that you can probably chalk up this season. And so if they're able to get even just a couple of them, I, I think it pays off so so well for them and uh, something that they can take forward as they figure out what this team is, who this team is, and what it's going to look like as uh, all of these big-time names get back in the lineup. Yeah, and um, a name that you actually left out um, that was seen in the morning skate this morning on Sunday in uh, Washington was Nick Haig. Mm, that's right. That's so right, Nick Haig. He's finally coming back mm. and... Like you said, like I couldn't agree more. If they can get like maybe one or two wins out of this road trip, I think it's a win. Right. Because you're playing with top teams on the road, kind of banged up still. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're we're not expecting a lot, sure. but just one or two wins. Like well, if Nick Hag is getting back in that lineup, I hope that he, his first game back isn't against the Florida Panthers because he is a guy that does struggle against the rush mm-hmm. or teams that do specifically target him because he's just such a lanky dude. He's very yeah. easy to get tied up and and – and get the draft to trip you up if you get enough pressure mm-hmm. on him. And so that would be a tough first game back, but he is obviously a big part of this team, especially when he has time and space to get that slap shot or even the wrist shot off from him. The Hager bomb yeah. is absolutely formidable for this team and uh, does not run the same without him. I mean, it's been so long since they've had their their true sixth defenseman. I mean, we talked on Friday uh, a little bit about just how much Alec Martinez means and what he does. I, he makes that unit and just – I think the entire squad a full letter grade better because he just he he fits so many bills and eats so many big time minutes and situations, and so his reemergence along with Nick Hags is uh, I, I think a great thing. But uh, I don't think you could probably say that to Dylan Coughlin and the other players that have been playing in their stead. But this is a good problem to have. You yeah, could probably I mean, classify Coughlin. Is, he Coughlin's been okay. I mean, he's definitely more of an offensive defenseman type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at his first NHL game, he scored a hat trick against Minnesota. So, well, you can tell by when he jumps up and when he decides to take bodies mm-hmm. too that he's thinking about going the other way on the ice. And even uh, drew some ire from his net miner the other night of making a couple of those those decisions, uh, probably more towards that offensive zone than the defensive. And that's where you have to start editing mm-hmm. a little bit because this team needs to get back to what it does best, which is winning on their four check ways too. You can do rushes, you can do that, especially if Mark Stone's back in that lineup. But we all know that the misfit line specifically plays better when they're moving downhill and earning it with their legs and pinning down their opposition. And so especially with the, with how well the teams that they're going to be playing this week, if they can get into that mindset early, into that game mode early, that spells good things. But good things are always on the docket for us here on the Nightcap and anything we produce here. Dominic, thank you so much for joining me thank as you, you always me. do. Absolutely. And thank you to all the listeners for sticking around. We're Hoping to talk about some good positive things here for the next week. Uh, But fingers crossed because we got to bring our best hockey and our best lunch pail. So until next time, this is the Nightcap on 1140 The Bet.